We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're coming to you live on Sunday, July 31st. We're brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. And I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. We've got my guy, J.D. Silva here. Fellas. We've got Taylor Peterson. I, uh, so these days, I, I typically, while well, I'm podcasting, pull up the uh, baby cam and was like, what is that background going on? Like, what's that background noise? And it, whoever is on the podcast, and turns out it was a baby cam. Was it just the camera or was it the baby? Oh, no. It was the, uh, we have a little sound machine thing in the background. It's really oh, peaceful. You guys like white hear? noise? Yeah. <laughs> Very peaceful. That's peaceful. That it sounds like, like I'm rock. in a horror movie and the aliens are about to get me. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, it's going to grow look, up. Look at this thing. It's like, it looks uh, like an alien right now. It's like <laughs> it's like poltergeist when like the TV's just on static. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Me the Stranger things like where like uh, Eleven has to put on the static or like the run of the water. Yeah. Yeah. That last voice you heard, we have Kamyar Marabian live with us, fresh off of a one year old's birthday party. <laughs> Dude. Not not your one year old, just so the yeah, listeners know. Please God. Yeah, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> um <laughs> No, what's it? What's interesting is that my birthday is the first in the summer in my family. Like I'm July third, so I'm right before July fourth, right? And then like at the very end of July into August, we get hit with like my credit card bill goes up because now it's my niece's birthday, <laughs> it's my sister's birthday, and then two days later on August first, which will be Monday tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, yeah. Uh, is my mom's birthday, and Goodness. like bang bang, I have adult yeah. money that like that you know I can't I don't have the excuse that I'm broke 
really because yeah. uh, we don't i don't have kids i have dogs so uh and it's Those just things me are my, still expensive just they my, me, like my children. me and my wife <laughs> like they may they may be my children but they're a lot less you know maintenance so i'm just chilling yeah I miss those excuses when I was like 19 or 20 in college. You'd be like, sorry, can't buy the, the five-year-old birthday present. I yeah, can't afford bro. it. But I showed As up. As a 32-year-old, I can't do that anymore. But like, yeah, I, I, bought my, looks now. I bought my mom Shania Twain tickets because Ooh, she loves country great, music. Yeah. Like I did that last year. And so I think that makes up for like maybe like roughly five to six years <laughs> of birthdays. <laughs> yeah. Those are, that, that's a good present. Taylor, when Very is your present. birthday? Mine is January fourth. Oh, oh wow! You get okay. yours out of you get yours right I was after New Year's. Four days away from being a 90, 94 baby. Did mm-hmm. growing up? Did you ever get like? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The yeah, short end of gatherings. the stick because we went to we went to Christmas and that's when I got my Christmas presents and my birthday presents. Yeah, However, mm-hmm. my parents. Yeah, was, my sister's really birthday is Christmas Eve, and she was like, I thought oh. like I didn't I didn't realize yes. how bad she got boned on presents. <laughs> yeah, because like if it's in. Call me or Nike. Silva, when's your birthday? June 29th. Okay, so hey, all three of us are, are summer babies. Yeah. So like I'm when we were growing baby. up, it's like you get all your Christmas presents and then you yeah. get reloaded in the summer. Six months later. That's but perfect. if you're like Taylor, well, where your birthday's right at Christmas, instead of getting like double presents, you only get like one and a half times. Like yep. you get a little shafted because my you can't the bankrupt the family at Christmas. So kind of <laughs> like call me our sister. My sister is uh, December yeah. 23rd. Two days oh, before, man, that's tough. Yeah, we and we like we were always Aiden's like February first, so like we were all further out in the van on the way to grandma's house on Christmas Eve. So like her, like she spent her birthday in a van going to Wichita, oh. Kansas, and like <laughs> then like told like maybe you get to pick one Christmas present as your birthday present. I was oh, like, oh, I, I, grew, I grew up and realized that, and I was like, man, you really that's got screwed. Tough. Yeah. Uh, this was the first birthday I had where I was like, you know what? This is actually not a good thing anymore because I'm one step closer to 30. And so I was like, hey, hey, uh, chill. Ooh, I was like, the yeah, pump the brakes there. Chill, I was like, chill. hey, can you can we just like kind of just like show up at your house to my mom on 4th of July and you can just like give me a cupcake and we'll call it good. We'll call it good. <laughs> it's like, like four days later. Hey, growing up, have being cash. a kid with a summer birthday was awesome, though. Like, yeah, yeah. I had pool parties and stuff a lot as a oh, kid. Yeah. But the good news is, like, now we have new reasons to look forward to summer is that NCAA football video game is coming back <laughs> next summer. And, like, that was my one thing I could count on for the summer, especially after, like, media days. And it's back a year from today, and I'm really excited. That'll be awesome. I love it. All right, gentlemen, there's, uh, like, literally nothing happening in the NBA right now. With Other the than except- Pro-Am, oh, boy. Well. We can overreact to Pro-Am. I feel like as an NBA podcast, we should acknowledge um, the the passing of Bill Russell today. Bill Russell, uh, obviously awesome player. I think even more importantly, an an awesome human and civil rights leader. Um, I read some, some really cool stories about Russell today that I had not previously heard. Um, about him just unabashedly always being himself and always being like true to his morals and his ethics and his beliefs. Awesome, awesome guy. Uh, NBA community is going to miss him dearly. I think back to, I forget what award he got at whenever the NBA was still doing the award show a few years ago, mm. where he pointed where he at, called at out Shaq. Chuck and Chuck. Shaq and yeah. uh, 
uh, Matumbo and said, I'd kick all of your asses. Yeah. Um, Still a day. Yeah. Just awesome dude up until the end. And and the NBA community will miss him greatly. Didn't he flip off Charles once? Yes, yeah. he well, did. Yeah, what, when he was that. in the crowd, wasn't people. my dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty love, awesome. that. Yeah. love that. That was going to be my my intro before I realized that my baby monitor was playing through my phone and into the microphone. So you know, um, but I did listen to some pretty cool. There was a couple different uh, podcasts who paid tribute or like played some old segments um, for uh, just you know some stories about him. I thought it, it was really cool and, and touching, and what an incredible player, both on and off the floor. I think is what really stood out to me the most. Yeah, he's a he's a dude that used his platform as a player to accentuate like things that he saw were injustices at the time. Um, and so he's, still are today he's, and, still, <laughs> and, and it's still being used today. Um, so there was nobody telling him to shut up and dribble, though, um, uh, publicly. So <laughs> that's just the thing. And he stayed true to that. And uh, of course, the NBA community. We'll miss him dearly. He was an important figure, not just in Celtics history and everybody else but like the NBA community in general. Yeah. Well, they weren't telling him to shut up and dribble on a, you know, TV show on ESPN, like for steak or whatever, but they were going in his house and burning things and breaking into things. And I think I heard today, you know, lots of other terrible things in, in, in that same break in. Um, it's pretty incredible what he overcame, the, the, the perspective he still had um, just on life in general. It, it was, was very inspiring to me. Very much so. Uh, hey, you guys keep getting questions, comments in the chat. We're going to visit those at the end of the show. Two Kamiars, uh, first point. Let's talk about some pro-am basketball. <laughs> the crossover, which every time I read it, just, I don't know, just <laughs> Silva mentioned it pre-potted. Reading it makes me think of a crawdad. <laughs> yes, I would. I kept on thinking the same thing. I was like, like man, especially like down them, going to Louisiana. Like I keep on thinking about crawdads. It's down them out. creeks in Ohio. So yeah. we uh, yeah. we did lots of crawdads. Would this hunting. be a good time to ask what the difference between a crawfish and a crawdad is, or or, or crayfish? The dad, you the, the, craw, the crawdad is the dad of the crawfish. It's okay. very spelled out for you, Silva. I don't know I just, what else you want. I'll put it this way: you would not want to eat a crawdad. You would want to eat a crawfish. Okay. I just know <laughs> crawdads are in the pond. Crawfish that, are in okay. like the rivers. <laughs> like when I was in Louisiana, because of course, like that they have a ton of those things down there, and that's also kind of yep. the culture, right? The Cajuns, uh, like everywhere. Even like you go into supermarkets, you see, you see like all kinds of like these these crawfish broils or whatever crawdads. I don't know what the heck they are. The red, <laughs> the red ones. Uh, they like, know the crawl mom see bag. them with like you know <laughs> pota- potatoes and, and corn and all that stuff. Like they're just like hanging outside of supermarkets, just selling that stuff and like on the streets. It's re- yeah. on the regular. It's wild. It's weird down there. Uh, the The word crawdad coming up a lot in my life recently. I watched went and watched Nope again a couple of days ago, and the, there's a poster for a movie that's yet. out. There's a poster for a movie that's out right now called Where the Crawdads Sing. So, oh yeah, th- I saw the trailer for that. Nope is really good, by the way. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. man. You guys should definitely go see it. Mm. Yeah, I guess crawfish are growing up in uh, single-family households. <laughs> There's no crawfish. And that's why they what's go to the, uh, I'm sorry. What's the TikTok person that had... Uh, oh, Silva, you're going to have to help me out here. You're the only, only other one that probably will know this. Although, call me Arizona occasionally. I um, hope we have no new listeners on this episode because we're 11 minutes in. They're just like, what the hell is We this? have not talked about these assholes talking about? Thunder basketball. But there's the, uh, the, the, the crawfish, crawfish boil guy who had Anthony Davis on. <laughs> 
he's like known for something and i can't remember his like i'm I'll on a it. really Anyways, weird side let's of jump into some better basketball and then midway i'm just gonna pull the sounder <laughs> all right so let, let's talk about the crossover the seattle pro-am hosted by uh jamal crawford turns out they had three big time nba guys up there uh well maybe not nba guys yet but chet holmgren paulo bancaro and then Jaden McDaniels from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Chet's final line from a single Pro-Am game. Uh, I have it right here. It is 34 points, 13 rebounds, 8 blocks, and 4 steals. How much does a Pro-Am game really matter, gentlemen? Well, Jaden McDaniels scored 50. So I think uh, looking at that line on its own, not a lot. Not a lot at all. I mean, the last time a Thunder player who formerly played in Seattle, who was seven foot, put up numbers like that in Seattle, Thunder ended up pretty good. So I, I think it's just oh, a lot. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> we got Taylor making KD comps after a pro-am game. Uh, I think, God damn right. I think uh, it was interesting because it showed you, uh, especially because like I think a lot of us were specifically just looking at Chet and... and, and, and uh, Palo, right? I think I think pretty much those were the major two guys everybody's looking at. They're both the big guys on the same team, which Paulo went ISO and looked off Chet while he was wide open for a dunk several times. And I was like, okay, bro, whatever, get your buckets. Uh, but I think it accentuated how different both of their games are um, and how different um, they are affecting their teams. Like, you can tell that Paulo's the most NBA ready. That's what's been known. But you can also see the amount of skills that Chet is available of already able to pull off. But you also saw Chet, despite him and Paulo playing the majority of the game, uh, you saw him really wear down a lot faster um, than uh, other guys, other bigger guys on the court. And so, like, I think that's going to be a conditioning thing for him, uh, his getting his body NBA ready or maybe just a minutes thing in the NBA, which I thought was interesting. But again, he ran and blocked a ton of shots for yeah. 45 minutes. Being the poor son of a gun that's running at Seattle Pro-Am who maybe like played Division Two hoops. Yeah. And then you're just out there getting your stuff thrown to the fifth row by Chet Holmgren. <laughs> well, I, I had to check the stat line. Before. Wait, I was going to say, Comier brought that up in our, he was the one who brought that up in our Slack. He was like, I, was like, I had a triple double. He had a he triple double with blocks. And he did. He was two blocks away from a triple yeah. double. And Although that didn't I, mean he didn't alter so many more shots. Right. I think you bring up a really, really good point, Comier. And in the sense of like the, the different styles of play between obviously Paolo and Chet. Now, granted, I think Paolo's much better of a distributor than he showcased at this, you know, lack of a better term, showcase pro yeah. Um, But regardless, like Chet is somebody who can impact the floor on so many different ways on both ends of the floor. And that is really exciting. I, you know, I obviously we expected him to dominate. He was able to, Yeah, we expected Paolo to be able to dominate. He was able to, which is good. That's what you want to see. Like <laughs> obviously shows that these guys are very talented when they're playing against other. I mean, these guys aren't like scrubs, but they also aren't NBA ready defenders. Um, but regardless to see Chet be able to display some of those skills where he's kind of thrown almost like summer league, in a, in a role where we won't see him necessarily with the Thunder very often, 
like it's great to be able to see him hit some of those step back threes. See that that stroke looks so great. Um, just more excitement, I think, heading into the season. It also he, just like reaffirmed my thoughts that he's really going to have to tighten that handle on the ball. Very much yeah. so, especially he, in transition. He just he has such a unique style of play that I think regardless of where you watch him at uh, a pro-am game where they're just all messing around a summer league game where they're really trying to see what he can do uh, a game at Gonzaga, uh, a high school game, a US team USA game, whatever, like part of it is he's so moldable and he can fill whatever role you really need him to fill. I mean, I, I go back to his time at Gonzaga again, where he played with a second big on the court uh, and really wasn't an offensive focal point at all, right? But he was still able to thrive. And then you throw him on Team USA where he was an offensive focal point and he can thrive in that situation as well. But just his uniqueness and his versatility, his ability to fit in any role needed, uh, I think that just shines regardless of what style of basketball game he is playing in. And that that's one of the things that jumped out to me. Yeah, his his talent level as a whole really popped at the pro am, even next to guys like Paolo. Um, it just reiterated that I'm I'm just like so excited to watch him play basketball again. I had a blast watching him in every single summer league game that he played. So even if he wasn't stuffing the stat sheet, it's like just watching what he's capable of physically is exciting uh, for the future. Um, so yeah, I, I was fortunate to I didn't know this was going to be live until like the day of basically i don't know if many people did yeah it was like uh, the, so, this is like the night before yeah it was a nice well, little more, nice little morsel of content for us and maybe even July. like another conversation to get into and like a i saw some people tweet about this which i think is accurate you know outside the lockout season where kd was just did like his world tour his his national tour mm -hmm. of, of pickup games and flag football at osu um <laughs> we haven't really seen a lot of thunder players obviously playing in games like that the other thing to your point, Silva, that we're seeing is not just specifically to the Thunder, but the league as a whole streaming Drew League games this year with with uh, starting with LeBron and DeRozan mm -hmm. continuing that, you know, how I think that was two weekends ago, continuing that since then. Now, you know, having two of their young up and coming, hopefully stars in Chet and, and Paolo playing in this pro AM and, and streaming that as well. Like this is a, a new step for the NBA also. So I think that's important that's definitely a change and most importantly i think you know i'm curious your guys thoughts but i think this is a way for the nba to kind of capitalize on the quote-unquote dead season of the nba by it, kind of streamlining these guys playing in these pickups that and i i think i brought this up or maybe i was just thinking about it and never said anything but like what did it what iteration of the thunder is this like now of course the cameras are going to be there because Chet and Bank, uh, Chet and um, Powell are gonna we're gonna be there, and typically you would never have seen really an OKC player going there in the first place, like for the longest time, and but it's just so what OKC is doing, um, especially I love the Instagram picture of Paolo and Chet right after the game <laughs> showing off their jewelry. Like Chet has like a little bit of like drip, you know, in, in his dice and then Paolo's, Paolo's chain is like just overwhelmingly huge. 
but it's it what OKC Thunder management is allowing the players to do like publicly and be outward with like themselves instead of like what people expected in the earlier days when Katie just had a backpack on and Russ was just hanging out and, and not dressing flashy. Uh, it's such a departure from that in that they're able to be more like themselves, I suppose, in the they're media. declaring themselves in the off season. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. The only other thing that I really took away from what Chet did on that court last, last night, yesterday afternoon, whatever his offensive touch, like, I just, I think he's a, I've never met the kid before, right? But by listening to him talk about basketball and watching how he plays basketball, I think he just has such a great understanding of who he is and what he is. Like, I have yet to see this man, like, actively, like, tried to put his back to the basket and really, like, push somebody around and get to the rim and dunk it. Like he loves, we saw it a ton in summer league. We saw it mm-hmm. like five times yesterday. He loves to do the little Dirk high knee fade away. That way a defender can't get into his chest because his knee is there. Like he understands I'm not going to go through guys. So I'm just going to have like this beautiful looking jump shot where I'll just go over the top and, and shoot over the top of guys. Shoot over anybody. It, it's <laughs> it's kind of Kevin Durant-ish in, in the approach to, especially early on, how he gets his offense going. Funny enough, last night I was listening to our podcast from the night of the NBA draft and call me our brought up multiple times. The quote where Chet Holmgren said he wants to be a 50, 40, 90 guy. <laughs> and I just think some of the, the looks he gets, some of the the shots he creates for himself, the jumper is just so smooth and so pretty. And that's one of the things I noticed again yesterday. Like he's hitting these, behind the back, like snatch back threes at seven foot one. I was like, man, like this kid, like might actually get there one day to the 50, 40, 90 club. And if you've got a seven foot one rim protecting center, who can be 50, 40, 90, like you've got, we, we overuse the term, but you've got a unicorn. You've got something that just like, doesn't really exist in the NBA right now. And that's kind of the the fun thought that I've had as well is like bringing up what you just mentioned, Jacob, his efficiency, and we saw that specifically with how he played at Gonzaga. And like, you know, I know Jacob, you and I, we've been talking about Chet for a long time now on this podcast, dating back to like last fall even. And a lot of the things that we mentioned was like, yeah, but look at what he did with his AU team. Look at what he did with his high school team, the whatever, the team that what that that uh, played against Imani and, and his high school team. Where Chet is the main initiator, and he's pushing the ball down on the floor. And we see him handle it a little more push the ball in transition. We're going to see a little bit of a mix of, of those two roles. I think uh, it come, you know, his, his NBA role with, with the thunder, but I do think it'll be a little more reserved than what we've seen in like summer league and with uh, th- this pro AM. So we'll see a more efficient Chet, which to your point, like that's, that is very exciting with an opportunity to continue to expand and, and develop and become a little more dominant on ball. So I think this conversation, Comrade, do you have anything else? Yeah, I I just like that Chet is very aware of how good he is and is very confident in his abilities. Like he just on and off the court. To your point, he wears it. He wears it on his shoulders and his sleeves. Like 
the in dude his knows neck. he's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the the dude the dude knows he's good. Um, and I have I ha I have very much respect for him for that. But I think because he's gonna he was like the, the number two pick and is obviously like one of the most talked about rookies among a few. Uh, man, the, that Northwest Division, those guys are gonna come after him. When you think of yes. who he's got to match up with in the Northwest, Tough. when Denver, you've got Aaron Gordon uh. and Nikola Jokic at the front court, Minnesota's new front court of Gobert and Cat. Um, I mean, I guess Portland has Nurk, who who is a bully, Jeremy Grant. Um, Jazz got nothing. Yeah, Jazz got nothing. Jazz is like the, the only one off, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's going to be happy when he plays the Utah Jazz. Um, well, speaking of Chet, I think leads us really well into this next thing that I wanted to chat about. So I, I want us I've, to lead us into this. I, I, I'm struggling to try to find content. My thought was a lot of people right now are saying like, oh, OKC needs one more good draft pick in 2023. If they can get a top 10 guy in 2023, then they are on the way and it's like pushing the pedal to the floor from that point. And not that I disagree with that because I don't. Like if you have a chance to get a top 10 guy in a in a loaded 2023 class, you do it. But I was considering what if the Thunder already have that guy? Right. What if, like, we're we're all thinking they need one more piece? What if they have the piece, and the piece just hasn't popped yet? And so that got me down this this rabbit hole of thinking. And I wanted to on on this episode tonight. I wanted us to think about. Let's say we were told right now from someone from the future that the Thunder will be in the play-in game next April. Who are four young guys? Three or four young guys that we think have to really step up in order for OKC to get to that point? And what specifically do they need to be able to do? Who are you classifying as a young guy? Like this entire second, team is young. They're guys. all young to your point. Very, but. very fair point. I'm not thinking about guys like Shea and Lou. I'm okay. thinking like second year guys, Kenrich uh, and rookies, um, <laughs> maybe a third year guy, maybe like if you want to throw someone like Poku in there, right. Um, okay. Things like that. So, so I, I wanted to see can, people under the age of like 24 in Lou. Yes. Maybe even under the age of like 22. Like, okay. so who, who are a few guys that you think these are the guys that would really have to pop in order for OKC to make the push this year. And what specifically do we need to see from them? for them to pop. Um, and I guess I, to try to help you guys out a little bit with this exercise, I will start. And for me, that guy is J-Dub, Jalen mm -hmm. Williams. That was going to be my answer. I, agree. I think if, if the Thunder were to push forward drastically this year, J-Dub would really have to pop. And when I say he would have to pop, I think he's going to be your sixth or seventh man off the bench. Yeah, by the end of the year, who you get, who do you think gets more minutes, Trey Mann or, or Jalen? It's a good question. It's a really good question. Actually, is that in your uh, next segment? That might actually be in your um it, it, something close to it, that. It's yeah, it's not that. It's really close okay. to that. But it's a um, really good question. You know, like let me give you a stat line. Like would this be quote unquote 
popping off the page for J-Dub in his rookie year. He plays 76 games, shoots 40% from the field, 37% from three, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal, averages 10 points a game. If that was his stat line at the end of the season, has he overachieved in your books or underachieved in your books? Overachieved, but he's not like putting up ridiculous numbers. I think those shooting, I mean, those uh, those shooting percentages are pretty astronomical for a rookie season, but only 10 points a game would lead me to believe those are on pretty limited attempts, which to your, to that point, like I, his role with this team, at least his rookie year is going to be on limited attempts. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's that line I just read you Taylor. That's on 7.6 field goal attempts a game. Okay. Um, 3.3 three-point attempts a game. That feels pretty accurate for his rookie season uh, in, in terms of attempts. Yeah, Silva, what hitting... do you think? If, if J-Dub hits 10 points, two and a half rebounds, or sorry, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, uh, shoots 40% from the field, 37% from three. I think we would all be having conversations about how we wished there was more volume to his scoring. Uh, I think we would see some missed opportunities there. Like, I'd be happy with that, especially for his rookie season. But if you want to make a leap like that and get to the play-in game, uh, I do think that – Oh, oh, what, what are you doing? Well, what, what's going on? Uh, there we go. We're I good. don't know. Uh, uh, no, I, th- I think uh, if you want to make a leap like that and you want you, – you need a lot more from your bench specifically because I think the Thunder's biggest weakness this season is going to be their offensive production. We're just trying to move on beyond that. Enough. I just want everybody to see me. <laughs> So your point is irrelevant. (laughs) I make the rules. (laughs) No, yeah, my thought with this exercise in general, my thoughts kind of first went to the bench. Uh, I think Thunder's defense at large is going to be great, but I think the offense is going to struggle, especially when it comes to the bench. Uh, I think Trey Mann and J-Dub were the two guys I thought of right away. Like if they can really sustain the offense whenever Shea specifically is not on the court, that could really help. And I think if those guys could average like 12 to 14 each, that would be popping. I, I would say that if J-Dub did that, um, he would be overachieving. I think those splits that you would have him shooting at would be outrageous. And we would, at the end of the year, be like, why was he not playing more um, and getting more shot opportunities? I'm expecting him to go between six to seven points per game just because it's a rookie season. It's it's hard to play in the NBA. Um, there's some things he's got to work on, but he's going to be on the court because he does have great defensive ability. There's um, a lot of mouths to feed on this team as well. Totally. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that that's my thing. And I know Trey Mann's going to try to, you know, go ISO a few times, do some step backs and do his thing as well. And so, you can only share the rock with so many players that you're trying to fill that can score and pass. And so um, I would suggest that that would be very popping, especially for a rookie season. Um, and he had a vote. He would have overachieved. If that was his stat line, Kamiar, would, would you think that there is a chance they're pushing towards a play in spot? If that was the chance, I would say, Lou Dort becomes immediately expendable, and yes, probably. Interesting. Either of you guys want to take a guess. You you probably have already deciphered it, but want to take a guess at whose rookie stats those are that I read off? 
I'm guessing Trey Mann. No? 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 It is not mm. Trey. No. Are they th- are they a Thunder player? Were they a Thunder uh, player I don't at know the if time? I want to tell you that information. Is it Shea? Oh. That is that is James Harden's mm. rookie stat line. Okay. Yeah, I figured that makes sense because I was about to say, I mean, like everybody's very high on him right now. It wouldn't with those shooting percentages, and then they just got the shot doctor on the team. What if, so right. they, what if there is like a legit like James Harden situation once again, but that wouldn't happen a second time? I would, I mean, like, I, I, of course, nobody on this podcast is crowning J Dub as James Harden right now. Like, that needs to be said clear. Um, but that mistake wouldn't be made uh, twice. They would trade, they would likely trade Lou if he would not accept the bench role. Uh, yeah. Just if J Dub popped like that, that would be, uh, of course, that's massive. that's like that that that's that's a few years down the line, right? Mm-hmm. That that's not, not that's but that's not even if that's close. his if that's his rookie stat line. Like I am feeling even better about J Dub oh, than yeah. I am right now. Yeah. So so you guys, who's we we pick J Dub? Excuse me, at number one. Nice. nice. <laughs> who's the next player that would have to quote unquote pop for this team to? Uh, really make a push next year. I say JRE. Hmm, um, interesting. That is super interesting. I say JRE strictly because he's a guy again that the team looks to as a leader along with Shea. Um, I think he has a lot of young faces um, in that room, uh, especially at the top. And of course he's got awesome guys and Derek favors and Mike Muscala, but he's a guy that, is going to be playing on the court. So he needs to be having those conversations and stuff like that. And coming again from Villanova with the J Wright team, he's got, that takes a lot of responsibilities specifically sought out Draymond green to work out with him, get tips from him on how to lead and how to be a specific type of player. Um, his defense getting right. We noted, we all noticed he got slimmer, but that doesn't mean he didn't get stronger. That needs to be noted. Um, his shot going down looked really nice in summer league, but that's summer league. And so him, his IQ, his passing, um, if he really shoots off something to like 12 points per game, like what, if I said Jeremiah Robinson Earl gave you 12 and six a game, would you say you were satisfied? I'm feeling, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling really like, good. About well, that. Like 12, six and one. Yeah. Especially like the six rebounds doesn't scare me at all. Because Josh can rebound the shit out of the ball. Exactly. Shea can rebound. This entire team. And you're adding 7-1 Chet to this Exactly. The the team's not built for one guy to get a bunch of rebounds. It's just grab it and go. Yeah. That's not your Thunder team of the past. Uh, Or or even if you, like, score, like, 9-8-3, and you know? Like, that's the kind of player and team that Presti's assembling. Two things that I noticed from him in Summer League, Kamiar, that have me excited. I, I'm on record on the show that I think JRE starts from day one yeah. uh, this season. You next to Chet. The stroke, the physicality, and he had a lot of like off-ball cuts. He was catching lobs in Summer League. I know it's Summer League, so I'm not worried about the competition. I'm worried about what he individually did. Like He just... He looked like a dude that knows exactly who he is, exactly what he's going to do. He looked like a grown man out there is what he looked like. And that makes me very, very excited 
for what we could see from him next year. And if he's your fifth starter and he can give you 10, 11, 12 a night and shoot a really good percentage from three and just take a lot of threes, I'm feeling really happy about that. Do you guys have any guess uh, on how many three-point attempts he took last year per game? Ooh, uh, two and a half. Three? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. What I was going to say like one and a half. He took three and a half threes a game Ooh, last okay, year. Cool. And I, I would think love that number's going to be, gonna go up. Yeah, I would I love think, for him to evolve into this team's PJ Tucker. See, I, yes, I think I could I see PJ Tucker, uh, but I all. How, 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 how old? How old is he right now? PJ or uh, uh, Jerry? Jerry. Jeremiah is twenty-one years, two hundred seventy days oh, old. Wow. He'll be twenty-two early November. Yeah, and so like, and so he'll be 22 in November, uh, and so people like they knew he was in school a little bit longer, and they're like, I don't know, but he's actually not that old. He's younger than thought, Shea, and Shea's exactly. older than that. Shea is like what the sixth oldest player on the team, fifth oldest player on the team right now. You he's know what? Old and he's at just 24? 24. Yeah, <laughs> old. Yeah, because um, Favors Muscala Kenrich. Who's after Shay? So you have Muscala at 30. Kenrich is 27. Jeez. Favors. I feel and like then, Kenrich is. Yeah, favors. We, we assume he'll be gone. Yeah. Uh, Ty Jerome is also 24. Oh, that's right. He's a little bit older than Shay. Lindy's a little bit older Barely. than Shay. That's it. Isn't it crazy to think that I, we all believe they're going to buy out Derek Favors? Kenrich Williams is going to be the second oldest guy on this team at 27 years old. Yeah, he Wild. does not feel like he's 27 years old to me. Meek said, "Feeling but old yet, I, Taylor?" And uh, yes, as a I am 27 year old uh, coming up on 28, I do feel old. I'm the it. third oldest guy on the Thunder roster right now. It's it's <laughs> and Dan and Dan alluded to this on the podcast we did on Wednesday with him. I have no idea how OKC ends up resigning these guys to these kinds of contracts. That is such a team friendly <laughs> contract. Like yeah. that is. Mm-hmm. Chump change in this new that CBA. Twenty seven. Like, what yeah. is going he's good. on? He's really good. He's really good. Gosh. Yeah. Pr- hey, so for nice. for what it's worth on Basketball Reference, love you, um, JRE's per thirty six <laughs> minutes last year shot five point five three point attempts. They have his projection for next year right at the same amount. Um, and last year JRE shot. I told you he shot three and a half threes a game. He shot thirty five percent. If he can just stay at that clip at 35% and maybe take like one more three a game and be like a pick and pop type of guy, mm-hmm. like you've got something really, really nice. And I, do I yeah. think JRE is ever going to be an all-star? No. Is he ever going to, you know, make an all defensive team or anything like that? No. But Silva, you mentioned like PJ Tucker. Yeah. Grant I think Williams. he could end up being like, yeah, maybe more like a Grant Williams, like your big man, PJ mm-hmm. Tucker. Like, He's gonna That's guard I always think Nikola Jokic just because Al was like on this team, but yeah, like, and he's very close to the same size as Al. Like he's gonna guard the Jokic's, the Embiid's, How and they're gonna let. He? He's six, six foot eight? nine. Oh, six okay. nine. In my six head, nine. he's like very a nice. Okay, yeah. In my head, it's like he's gonna have a hard time guarding centers. But if he is six nine and like well, strong, we watched then... him guard those guys last year. He's he real strong, and last year we saw him switch out onto guards a lot and like get his ass like six inches off the ground and get that wide base with those arms out and really played good defense on guards. That's Jay Wright. That's Jay flexibility, Wright. baby. Yep. Yeah. That's Villanova, bro. That is so I, I love it. So I think JRE is a really good one, Kamiar. And I think things that really have to pop for him is 
be the consistent guy he is, but just raise that level of consistency. I wish he played bit. above the rim more. He has the ability to, uh, especially with that new uh, being being more lean. Uh, he has the ability to play above the rim a little bit more. I just wish he wouldn't play below the rim like on the entire time. Uh, that could lead to some issues. I feel like. Yeah, I'm hoping we see a little bit more of that this coming season, yeah. and being a little more aggressive at the at the cup, uh, getting up, putting putting dunks down. You know, not. You know, maybe if he starts doing that, something will rub off onto Usman Jane. Something needs to be noted, by the way. Uh, we I forgot to mention it about the Pro-Am and Chet. He took one dribble inside the three-point line and one step inside the paint and l- made a dunk. And it was like a double clutch, like an up yeah, and under. Yeah. And then, Holy yep. crap. That was from the top of the key, too. That was fun. Like two steps. Ooh. That was fun. Okay, so I know we probably need to move on to this segment. I have nothing to disagree with in regards to Jerry. I just think if we're talking about the Thunder being in a, a playoff spot come April, we probably should mention the low-hanging fruit, the obvious, the elephant in the room. Chet Holmgren, obviously, is going to have to play a big part in that, right? Uh, and, and the reason I say that is because Kamiar kind of transitioned us perfectly there <laughs> with some of the things that he showcased. Kind of goes back to what I was saying where he is obviously going to have a more limited role. Not like we saw at Gonzaga, but um, in in comparison to Summer League and in comparison to this pro a, this single Pro-AM game, obviously. But uh, he's also going to have a little more freedom to explore his game. And if we are able to see him get mismatches, like a C. Day don't put him in the right positions where he's getting mismatches and is able to um, you know, score efficiently down low, like we've seen him be able to uh, use create his, his physical ability to create shot creation uh, at, at an elite level, regardless of who is guarding him. Like you guys mentioned, just using that height to his advantage, being able to shoot over others. If he's able to perform at the level, like some of these quotes that we've seen about how the Thunder view him after drafting him, like there is a chance that the Thunder are in that playoff, or, sorry, play in game situation. But if they are, it's because Holmgren has found his way into that, like that one B or that, that two a role uh, alongside Shea as the, the primary offensive scorer, I think in my opinion, as well as continue to contribute on, on the defensive end. Like we know he can. So let me, let me ask you guys this about Chet real quick. We just talked a lot about how he kind of knows who he is offensively. He likes to rise up over the top and shoot. When you take out the noise, the the guys that played like two or three games or whatever, here is the, the list of Thunder players in order by three-pointer attempts per game. Lou Dort is number one at 7.7 attempts a game, which is wild. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, if you want to consider Lindy Waters, he took 5.3 a game, or sorry, 5.8. Shea took 5.3. Trey Mann took 4.5. Ty Jerome and Darius Baisley uh, and Josh Giddy all took 3.9. At the end of next season, where does Chet land on that list as far as three-point attempts per game? I think he averages, he threw that 3.9 number out there. I think he's averaging four. Yeah, I was going to say probably a little bit over 3.5. Yeah, I was going to say between three and four. After seeing, I think he should take more than that. But after seeing the way he went about Summer League, that's all we really have to go off of right now as far as being in a Thunder system. I think he doesn't want to force shots. And he would, need, he, he would need to do that a bit more in order to take more than just the four. I'm going to be honest. And I might sound crazy. Let it rip. 
five or six. You guys all said three point five to four. I was going like six, six and a half a game. I would love that. I would those opportunities. I think he's just going to run nonstop, pick and pops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do Do you think it's because of his lack of physicality that he's going to bring to the NBA, so he can be himself more of himself on the defensive end because. He's going to have to save himself for one of those sides of the offense, right? Or for one of those sides of the game, because he is going to get worked on uh, when he's playing offense. If he's not spot up shooting or slip screens, etc., cetera, um, he is going to get people are going to go at him just because even being the number two pick, not just because he's so slight of frame um, while he's on defense. And so he's really got to pick his spots here or there where he needs to save energy because we all know like you can like going 100% on both ends of the court is going to gas you so much, especially as a rookie, especially as a rookie, mm-hmm. and, especially as like thin rookie. And, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> you and like you're having further. real like big men, like, and I'm talking like dudes that they, they weigh Embiid. quite a bit, but it's not fat it's muscle and like you can hear it popping like when you're actually on the court and so to me like is do you say that just because of his frame he's gonna have to dedicate certain like or allocate i suppose certain energies in certain places i think that's part of it yeah i you know i think not being down low offensively and like being physical down there and then going to the defensive end and doing the same thing I also think it's just going to be a product of the way that Mark's going to want them to play. And the players I, he's playing with. with Shea I, I think they're they're just going to say, if Chet shoots good from three, and if JRE shoots good from three, you can space those guys out, run pick and pops, and it's just an open lane to the basket for Shea and Josh. And then they have kickouts to guys. Like I just, I foresee just a metric shit ton of top of the key pick and pops. I see a ton of Chet like trail threes, like the, the thunder get a stop. They start to push and transition and Chet's like the last guy coming down the court and just walks into like a catch and shoot right at the top of the key, pull up three. Like I just see a lot of that coming this season and maybe I'm completely wrong, but if he shot six threes a game, even if he only shot like 32, 33% his rookie year, I would be very happy with that. I would love to see some lobs. Oh yeah, I think that'll be there that too. too. I think the Kami, or you mentioned the competitive aspect of this kid. I think he's going to run the floor and like try to dunk on people as well. Oh yeah, you know, not just shot block people. Well, we saw it to your point, Kami. Are we saw an out bounce play at the pro am where you know that was I don't even know who that dude was. Yeah, yeah where he's in bounce play. He just like the guys like I I can't like I don't even know what his vertical is just because how big so and long he is long. like that can he just like touch all of those like little <laughs> little sticks just like by standing because Probably. of like how tall and how long his arms well, are Well hell like, during a timeout at Summer League Silva and I watched him walk over to the goal stand flat-footed reach his yeah, hands yeah. up and like tap his fingers on the bottom like not like the like the flat part, the bottom of the backboard, but like he was up on the glass, like slapping it Jesus. right below the rim. Like his standing reach is like nine nine. That That's like Tommy like, R and Jacob the, I at the gym on like the TRX yeah. things or whatever. Yeah. We're, we're like stretching. That could <laughs> be that, that could jump. be intimidating. That, that like because I every time like he blocks somebody's shot, the entire crowd's like ah. 
especially when he double handed that one. I was like, oh, that yeah, man. Those blocks are, so, they are not quiet. That's one thing about just Chet. Insane, Everything so is loud. Fun. And that's uh, going to yeah, no. fire Thunder fans up. Okay, so we talked about J-Dub. We talked about JRE. We talked about Chet. Silva, you're the only one that hasn't thrown out a player yet. So one more player for our... If the Thunder are going to make a push next year, this guy has to make a jump. This guy has to impress us. Yeah. Who's that guy? Yeah, uh, I kind of mentioned this guy earlier, so I'm not going to go too far into him. Um, Trey Mann was the one I first thought of in kind of our bench offensive production, but I think I'm going to go Josh Giddy instead. Uh, Josh like obviously had a good rookie season. Um, did not shoot well from three at all, uh, but he took him with confidence, which gives me confidence that if he could keep that mentality and start working with Chip, who's uh, one of our bigger free agency signings as of as of late, uh, I feel good about him going into next year, and I feel good about him still performing offensively, especially with the point you just made, Jacob, about the team having much better spacing with Chet out there. Um, I feel good if if Josh can average... I don't know how many I don't know how many points off top man he averaged last season. Last year he was 12 and a half points, 8 rebounds, 6 and a half assists. Yeah, I mean if he's averaging 16 to 18 points and those same rebound and assist numbers, uh I'm feeling really good. Feeling really good. Yeah, he shot 26% from 3. He took 4 attempts a game. Uh I'm not going to do the math right now, but if he could bump that up to 31% and take the same number of threes, like you're talking like a significant increase in in what he does. He also only took one and a half free throw attempts a game last mm. year. Yeah. Kamiar has noted a lot um just how much like work he's put in on his body yep. this yeah. summer. Uh how much stronger he looks like he's gotten. I like that a lot. I think he took 10 free throws in two summer league games in Vegas. That's five free throw attempts a game. That's if he could great. bump that, that what I say, one and a half free throw attempts, if he could bump that up, if he could double that and get to three, shooting a little bit better from three, doubling your free throw attempts, there, there's you're two, three with points 15 a game, a game right, there. right there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think Carrie mentioned this in our comments earlier that Josh put a picture on Instagram up of him like laying shirtless in like a beach chair and Trey Mann commented, commented chill, my grandma's on here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you saw Josh's reply. Hide your Josh wife, said, hide your grandma. Josh replied yeah. and said, tell her my DMs are open. <laughs> I love him so much. It's a, fun team. It's a very fun team. Oh, I love it. That's the other kids. thing too. Like just exactly. Yeah. Just really quick. We, we won't dive in. I mean, there's obviously a lot of other names we can mention here, mm-hmm. but in the chat, friend of the podcast, Meek League, he said, Aaron Wiggins is looking during this session. Uh, he said, Wiggins is looking bigger and stronger. Could be something happening there. Uh, Wiggins is a fun one. I think Jang's also a fun one. Obviously, I like if he can fill up. Um, I think Wiggins is getting like legit about. rotation minutes to start the year. He he really impressed yep. me at Summer League. Agreed. He reminds me, he's like a mini JRE to me. Just knows what he does, knows who he is, and is going to give you consistency. He's a yep. role player. He knows his yes. role, and he sticks to that. Like exactly. That, like, he does it. Like, I guard the wing. I'm going to go to the three-point corner. I'm going to slide into the dunker spot, or I'm just going to shoot the three. Those are my three things I need to worry about. That's it. And he's embraced that. And a lot that's what a lot of players failed to do in their career until it's too late. Him embracing it early on. Um, he We saw it last year, too. Um, he's a guy that you know I think could garner some 
trade assets if you really wanted him to, especially if you gave him how I don't know how many minutes would you expect him to play this year? That's what's interesting because that because the the front court is not overloaded. The back court has a lot of guys that can play. He's he's probably your tenth or eleventh man. Yeah, it's tough. do you think yeah. would that be fair? You got your starting five. You got Trey Mann. You got J Dub. You got Kenny Hustle. Ooh, maybe like a Mike Muscala. So, so like I think 10th. he's like your tenth, eleventh, twelfth guy. Mm. Uh, probably isn't playing po- every Poku. night. You got Poku. Come here. You mentioned he knows his role. He sticks base. to it. He 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 goes to where he's supposed to. I'm gonna say that sounds like the complete opposite of another player on this team that we talk about a lot who maybe needs that reality check a little bit, ne- needs to stick to those few things. So interesting point. Uh, so our four guys that if they pop next year, we think the Thunder are really pushing forward are J-Dub, J-R-E, Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy. So basically we all expect Shea to drop 30 a night and we just need <laughs> the guys around him to do some good jobs and you're looking pretty good. Yeah, I, Honestly, yeah. Precisely. Shea's, I think Shea will look better next year with a center like Chet on the floor. Could not agree more. I think that's a lot of I mean, better, I, better with a center like Chet I'm, on the floor. I'm not going to, to do this on the podcast right now. Maybe I'll look it up and tweet it out later. I would be interested to see like the offensive fish, uh, offensive efficiency, offense efficiency of the two man lineup of Shea and Mike Muscala. Whenever Shea doesn't have a guy like um, like Derek Favors on the court, whenever he's got a strictly pick and pop type of guy, like I think my my assumption is if I look that up, it's going to be absurd. And now you're basically giving Shea a younger, more versatile. Mike Muscala, like I think it's going to help his offensive numbers a lot. Yeah. Silva, let's tell the people about the sponsors for the week before we move on to our final segment. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Gentlemen, we're going to close out this show with an old school uncontested game of this or that. One of my favorite ones. Uh, Very simple. We haven't done this one in a while. Mm -mm. We kind of started this one early on in the podcast. I think about, sometimes I think about a lot of our old segments that we used to do that we don't do anymore. We should, we should. And... There's other old schools like the movie with Will Ferrell. It's a, it's good, a good one. I haven't watched that movie in a long uh, there's time. There's a old there's an old school bagel cafe being uh, oh, summer and I ate there on Saturday. Right, right, hey, right, right near my house rolls, in the morning. Yeah. Slap. I'm about to have a meat massive... lovers bagel on everything. What is wrong with you people? Cinnamon <laughs> raisin with cream cheese and a Cold brew, which is just straight black, is the Agreed. way to go in the mornings. Okay, come on. I got you on the cold blue. Cold, cold brew. The, cold blue. The cold blue. Code blue. You're my boy, blue. Is it code blue when like an old person with dementia goes missing? <laughs> no, it's either no, that. It's either that that's or a, a mountain dew. Silver that, alert. Silver oh, that's alert, a silver, silver alert. alert. That's right. That's right. Silver alert. All right. So, cold, did you say code blue? Because you did you, did you were you thinking that because you think old people have blue hair? What? What? <laughs> I no. Know what's happening right now? <laughs> I do like the idea of a silver uh, alert, though. Silver. Yeah, alert. I don't know what that would be for. Silver alert. <laughs> Dumb it's just when like Silva thinking. does some crazy shit, like eats somebody else's food, or thinks people are ziplining in the middle of Las yeah. Vegas at doing Silva alert. Like, oh, a, did you guys go down oh, Fremont? Man. No, I just my, they were airplanes. Uh, was yeah, three, Fremont was within my head uh, the entire vacation. Come <laughs> on. All right, this or that. Very simple. Thing, I'm gonna give you two options. You tell me: Are you taking this, the first option, or that, the second option? We're gonna rapid fire through these, Taylor. 
this or that. The higher that. shooting percentage from three, Trey Mann or Jalen Williams, a.k.a. J-Dub. Ooh. So I'm going J-Dub here, which would be that in this case. Is that correct? Okay. Um, because I think he's going to be uh, more limited attempts. He'll be efficient. I think his college uh, resume speaks for itself there in, in regards to his spot-up three-point percentage. We've talked a lot about that. I think it was like 40-something percent, which was ridiculous just off the top of my head compared to Trey Mann, who obviously gets a lot of his three-point attempts off of uh, self-creation and therefore is a lower percentage. So I think that's kind of our answer there. All right. Kamiar, this or that? The player that's playing more NBA games this season, Alexei Pokashevsky or Usman Jang? More NBA games? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> That is tough. That's tough because That's there's really there's tough. two halves of a season, you know? Because <laughs> you get like the first half, but then then there's that second half. Oh give tell me it's po it it's Poku for me. Um Usman, I think, will get a lot of early burn with the blue. I think Poku, um, I think you'll see this year out, but you could see a severe drop off towards the end. Um, if they're if they don't plan to extend him, uh, but I don't think the amount of games Usman will be able to get into, um, this year will make for it unless Presti and those dudes really want Usman on the floor, which they clearly do. Um, they they jumped up and got him, they bought him with picks, so they think that highly of him to go grab him ahead of J Dub. Uh, who knows. Silva. But I'm going to guess. Yeah. (laughs) You're going Poku. No. Silva, this or that on who averages more blocks per game next season? Chet Holmgren or Evan Mobley? For reference, Evan Mobley averaged 1.7 blocks per game last year. That feels low. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Chet, not because I'm a homer, but uh, because I think uh, Evan Mobley's role is just going to be different on the Cavs. His main role, I feel like, is not shot blocker. He has Jared Allen behind him. Uh, Chet's going to be playing next to a smaller Thickman, Thickman like a JRE. So, uh, yeah, no, I think Chet's going to average uh, b- between t- 2 and 2.5. <laughs> what? The phrase what? smaller you said, Thickman. You said Thickman. <laughs> the smaller okay. Thickman. Is that a word? I just... Made it, it up, now. so it's a word now. Okay. Uh, I'm also kind of developing. We are using this, that moving forward. Yeah, I'm also like creating a rivalry within me between Shed and Evan Mobley because the Thunder tried to get Evan the year before, missed out on it. Silva not, Chet, now so. hates Evan Mobley. What the right. I hate Mobley. I hate Shengun. Uh, Silva alert. Bring on the next one. <laughs> Silva alert. <laughs> Taylor, who is more likely to make the playoffs? The Brooklyn Nets? Or the New York Knicks. So sadly, this is also an easy one for me, which means I'm either going to look like a genius or an idiot this time next year. Um, And I'm saying the Nets because, well, I think it's the most likely situation where KD at least begins the season with the Nets and therefore they're going to be better. And the Knicks are the Knicks. Um, I also think like 
if a trade were to come to fruition but with Kevin Durant, they're going to get a very solid player like Jalen Brown, for example. So you'll see a low-hanging fruit there, <laughs> and therefore they're going to be a very competitive and solid team. They're they're likely to make the playoffs. Uh, we saw them bring in some of the guys like did P- who did they just sign? Was it P.J. Tucker? Who who am I thinking of that the Nets just signed? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Signed or traded for? Oh, no, uh, T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren, oh, yeah, not, not PJ Tucker. Thinking of T.J. Warren. Regardless, all of that being said, I think they will. Uh, they're probably going to be, even if they trade Giddy, they're going to be in that play-in playoff range. So, I'm going to Nets. All right, still not sold on the Knicks. Call me are this or that on more likely to happen next season. Jaw Morant gets MVP, or SGA is an All Star. That's fun. Um, <clears throat> here's the issue with it, with that. <laughs> <laughs> this or that, call me on. <laughs> the Grizzlies. People forget the Grizzlies were the number two seed in the West last year. True. People forget. Uh, there's, of course, they're going to be a little bit more different. Um, man. There are so many good guards in the West. That Donovan Mitchell stuff is really messing my stuff up. Uh, I would say it, it's right now, as it stands, it's far more likely that Shea is an all-star than John Moran is an MVP, just out of the idea that there are so still so many great superstars um, like Jokic, who's won in several MVPs, Giannis, who's won a couple MVPs. Um, that there's there are two like there yeah, Katie's still playing at a really high level. You Joel got Braun, you got Braun still playing at a high level somehow. Joel probability Lundy, that Shea makes Davis. an All Star is higher than yeah. It, it's yeah. it's so much more probable that he makes it just because he has only half the league to compete with. And he's better than several of, pe- of those people in half that league or, or in the division, excuse me. Uh, so I would say it's much more likely that Shea makes that all-star uh, appearance. I like that. I agree. Silva, this mm. or that on who starts more games next season, Jeremiah Robinson Earl or Darius Baisley? Oh my God. Another it, be- it better be Jeremiah Robinson Earl or I'm going to be in jail by the end of the season. <laughs> Silva alert. That's you a Silva alert. <laughs> we need a uh, Please, for the love of God, I, I'm tired of the Baisley experience at this point. I don't want it. I don't <laughs> let him, let him, ex, let him play on the bench. It's fine. I don't, I don't need it. I don't want it. I want JRE and I want his butt rock goatee in that starting lineup. <laughs> Silva is. You want the little thick men out there? <laughs> Silva is drinking haterade. He said butt rock goatee. <laughs> My favorite part was that I want his, and then a pause. <laughs> so was uh, so was on a hater tonight, right man. now. <laughs> um, I also just think it makes more sense to start a bigger, stronger JRE than it does next to Chet than it does a slimmer Darius Baisley. But that's just me. Uh, yeah, that is also I agree with all Eva. <laughs> Taylor, this or that on more likely to happen next season. Ooh. Josh Giddy shoots 35% from three on the year. That's the this. The that 
is Ben Simmons makes more than five total three pointers. For reference, <laughs> Ben like Simmons this. has made five three pointers in his career. So, so I have this. Before that, before you answer none of this, the above. Before you answer this, I want you to know that JB <laughs> and I, you a were, hater too, were prepping these pre-pod, and he said, JD said, should we do one like? Josh Giddy shoots 35% or Ben Simmons like makes 33s. And I was like, Silva, he hasn't even attempted 33s in his career. <laughs> I was we trying to give him some credit. Hey, That's this a good man, point. He's attempted 32 yeah. threes in four seasons. The first time this man yeah. airballs a three, which will be the first attempt. He ain't taking yeah. another one for the rest of the season. That's an easy one, but it's yeah. not mine. So you go ahead. I me. mean, based off, uh, based off to your guys' point, been very limited from three. Second of all, his availability to even play a single minute of basketball on a basketball on an NBA court in general, I feel like my uh, my odds are pre- pretty uh, heavily favored in regards to Giddy shooting thirty five percent from three. Now, while I don't think Giddy will shoot thirty five percent from three, I will will use this as a bit of a Giddy or an insight into how I think Giddy will improve this season. I, I do see that percentage going up. Yes, we have the new shooting coach. We've talked a lot about that. We're excited about that. But just in general, I think I think that percentage would trend up as well this season as Giddy uh, maybe finds a little more efficiency on a more limited attempts. Uh, we talked a little bit about that with some of these other guys that, like Chet getting more shot attempts all that to say i think Giddy's probably i'll, I'll take this yeah i think i think th- i think ben simmons lets off the court talk about him affect his play on the court where True. like you see the greats actually they ignore that i think it good i think point. actually affects his play on the court that i like including his shot it's a good point he used to have that dog in him but there's a there's a lost dog poster up for Ben Simmons. The dog me, is gone. Let me just say. I, I feel sad when I see those. Let me just say, if Josh is shooting 35% from three next season, Chip England is performing like dark sorceries in the basement of the Paycom Center. If if Josh shoots 35% from three next season, this team is not getting a lottery pick. Right. I feel pretty Agreed, strongly yeah. about that. Hey, I'm all in on like walking down into the bowels of the Paycom Center, uh, which maybe won't be the Thunder Arena, like in I don't probably like take seven years. years. I don't know. Still, but just see Chip England down there with a bunch of candles and a <laughs> big pentagram drawn on the yeah, floor and pulling a Doctor Strange and Josh whatever is it laying takes. in the middle of it, all spread out. <laughs> Sign me up. Make that whatever. the album of my death metal band. <laughs> I hope he's clothed. Whatever it takes, <laughs> Josh. Maybe it'll be like the Instagram picture. You telling me he Joe Lake hasn't done that? He'll be DMing that to Trey Man's mom or not mom? Oh my grandma, God. Grandma. <laughs> Call me. Are you get the last this or that? Jacob alert. <laughs> Who ends the season with the better record? The Orlando Magic or the Detroit Pistons? Oh, that's fun. It'll be the, the Magic. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh. The Magic actually are um, below Detroit in current. Uh, NBA over unders on betonline.ag, but only by like a game. So I like I the magic. I really are gonna be like interesting. Vog- I really like Wagner, uh, the good one of uh, the brothers, uh, and one. I really like the f- the the high floor that Banker already brings to this game, um, and of course all the other fo- uh, uh, pieces that they have assembled in Orlando. Um, I just 
I think they're better. Yeah. They're also a little bit older. When you look at Detroit, like the main things you're looking at are guys like Cade and um, Jaden Ivey. And mm-hmm. uh, why am Isaiah I going Stewart. blank? Why am I going blank on the big man they just drafted out of Memphis? Duran? Duran? Duran. Jalen Duran. Yeah. Um, and Ivey. Uh, whereas the Magic have a little more established guys. They have Fultz. They have Jalen Suggs. They have Wendell Carter Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, Terrence Ross, Jonathan, Gary Harris. Jonathan they have like Isaac. Jonathan veterans. Isaac. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I wouldn't. If I was a Magic fan and someone told me to hold my breath for Jonathan Isaac, I'd be dead a long time ago. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That guy hasn't played basketball in like 25 months now. Yeah. Like, he wrote a, can he wrote he a book. Still play though. basketball. He wrote a book. He's yeah. attended some uh, certain conferences. Yes, he, he has. has. And this that's more than twenty four months. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other thoughts before we get out here, guys? We should probably hit the comments real quick. Do you guys have like three minutes to hit the comments? Yeah, I got three. I got three minutes for the comments. Three minutes. I got. They do not go. look like Zaza Pachulia. So f you who ever said that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Carrie says. He's got a June 25th Christmas half birthday. Uh, that's Ooh. pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Bryson McGowan uh, is feeling for Taylor as he's a December 20th baby. Um, uh, yeah, what right. else? Meek Leak asks, what do you think about Chet and Paulo's friendship? Did they know each other before the draft? They're obviously tight. I thought it was kind of interesting like that Chet even played in that pro-am because yeah. Chet is it. from Minnesota. Yeah, and that was a Seattle. Paul is from Seattle, but I guess isn't Gonzaga out there it's close to true. Seattle? Spokane. Yeah, no, no, not, not, not Spokane. Is it Spokane, Oregon? I thought you were right there. It's I think it is. It's definitely Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Justin Perryman um, says Bull Russell. Spokane. I think that's supposed to be it. Bill Russell, uh, is friend of Clay Bennett, introduced Clay at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, what else do that we have cool. in here? Joseph says Chet should be a power forward on offense and center on defense. Ooh, I like. I think that. he might might play kind I of. Might, I think it might be reverse. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It might be reverse though. I think it might be the reverse. Uh, Meek Leak says, "Did you guys see that highlight clip from Darius Baisley? Nope. I, no, I did not. I apparently need to get on Twitter and find it. I know he's been playing the Drew League. Uh, Carrie also says when we were talking about the NBA streaming, like the Drew League and the crossover, uh, streaming some of those closed-door pickup games that happen out at Summer League where all the actual NBA stars play in. Uh, the same type of pickup game that was at the end of Hustle on Netflix. Uh, I would yeah. pay a lot of money to watch something like that. Uh, any other good ones in here? Uh, Danny agrees with Kamiar that a guy that would have to pop would be Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I think that's a good one. Marcus Kruger thinks Chet should just pull a Trey Young and start chucking it. Yes. Uh, Marcus also asks if the Thunder can borrow Schmitty from OU. Uh, Chet would not make it out alive. <laughs> no, he would not. I can attest he to would that very well. Snapped in half. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gosh, Marcus had the, the Spokane, Spok- Spokane, Spokane, how yeah, do you pronounce so that? Pacific Northwest, maybe. Just uh, Carrie that. says it's about three hours away from Seattle. Okay. And River says Shea is the greatest <laughs> NBA player of all time. Maybe Can I do that? Talking. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. There yeah, we go. Many awesome. tricks. It's very good. 
All right, let's get out of here. Guys, thank you so much for joining the show tonight. We had a lot of people in the live stream. As usual, we really appreciate that. It means a ton to us. For downloading the podcast version, thank you. We're actually all out of stickers. You guys snatched them all up with those five-star ratings. We will get some more stickers in, and then we will uh, start to do the stickers for five-star ratings again. We will tweet out those stickers whenever we get them. Maybe some more merch on the way. It would be exclusively pre-order stuff, so be on the lookout for that because Justin is a damn wizard. Uh, if anyone's doing black sorcery, it's probably Justin Peabody. <laughs> Hopefully not with that new baby, though. Shout out to Justin. Uh, third baby. He didn't do anything. Uh, his wife did all the work, but shout out to Justin anyways. I mean, he had friend. to do a little something. Well, I think, <laughs> it was the, I think he said goodbye. it was the pumpkin Don't pie that did that work Don't for him. So. Oh, here we go. <laughs> We'll be on Twitter Spaces Monday night. Join us there. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. We're also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Sub on the YouTube channel. We'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, as always, thunder up. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com